evening, depending on your location. This is the 61st edition of Leadership Talk with Adigo here. I'm so privileged to have with me Karen Margaret from Melbourne, Australia. And it's going to be an awesome session. How are you today, my friend? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for this invitation to talk about something I'm very passionate about. It's going to be great. Awesome. Awesome. How's the weather, Melbourne? Oh, it's typical Melbourne weather. It's raining one minute, sunshine the next, and <laughs> windy, and you don't know whether you're coming or going. It's Melbourne. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you for adapting. You know, that's the spirit of leadership. Um, so tell us, who is Karen? Karen is first and foremost a wife and mother. Um, okay. Close to my heart is my relationships those those deep and meaningful things that are incredibly important to me. Okay. My husband is Nigerian, so um, I consider my you know Nigeria my sister country. It's okay. very very close to my heart, and I am an emotional intelligence coach and consultant. Awesome. Uh, awesome. So I, I specialize in leading organizations to care and collaborate and communicate with emotional intelligence. And we do that through different types of programs. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Now, um, how did you get into leadership? What's been your, your leadership? I don't, know, I don't know that anybody really knows how they get into leadership. I was, you know, if we go way back when to my first job in McDonald's, <laughs> you well, know, as, as a 10, well, I, I as a 10 to 15 year old, yeah. Yeah. well, I think it's a really great training ground yeah, and uh, because of their systems and because of their processes and because it's all systemized, I think it's really a very, very good program. And that's where I got the first taste of training for me because even though I was 15, or 16 and, and it was my first job it was an entrance into leadership because I was invited to be a, a team leader and a trainer after yeah. only nine months wow. so I, I got introduced to leadership really early on I think there is a certain degree of my personality and my characteristics that exude a natural confidence for leadership um, certainly the ability to take on additional responsibilities. Okay. But I can't lie, it's been a very steep learning curve, for sure. Wow. I, I, can, I, can, I can relate with that. Leadership is a journey. It's not a destination. Wow. Amazing. Hmm. So what, what, what's your definition of leadership? I love this question because it's not something that's easy to answer. I think it's the ability to know oneself and to know how to inspire and get the best out of the people who are working with you. And that doesn't necessarily have to be in the workplace. You know, that can be in your family. You know, I, I lead by example or sometimes not example with my son. Okay. I lead with my friendships okay. by example you know i'm i in a work environment i think leadership is the opportunity to connect okay to know and understand yourself but also to be able to help others be their best selves okay. so i like 
the idea of transformational leadership. I like the idea that whomever is going to report to me is going to become a better version of themselves as a result of the work we do together. Just as much as they lead me, you know, I don't think leadership is one directional. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So could, could you have uh, situations where there's reverse mentorship? Yes. Yeah. Oh, look, I love my camera seems to be going a bit pear shaped right now. I'm not sure what's going on, but me and technology, we're not exactly friends at the moment. Um, <laughs> what's well, okay. Yeah, you're emotionally <laughs> intelligent. <laughs> oh, look, I, I wouldn't mean social intelligence and technology and me in the same. Um, not a chance. I just completed the publication of my first online course. Yeah. And I'm telling you now, that tested every part of my well-being and resilience and emotional intelligence. Because it pushed me to the limit. <laughs> I, know, I know, I've been there, you know, I've been there. Sometimes you, you, you're looking for the perfect uh, video, the perfect uh, statement, and it can be... Can oh, be it's right. so frustrating. Um, yeah. Just when technology won't do what it's supposed to do, and it seems easy on the outsides, and you've really got to breathe (laughs) and respect that it is technology and it it isn't you know out to get you but sometimes you just have to step away yeah 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 i mean i think that that's the nature of entrepreneurship though isn't it you know that you do need to be resilient and you do need to have this ability to handle the discomfort of whatever you're doing because if you're a creator Mm. you're going to be uncomfortable you know it's just an inevitable nature of creation Mm. but it's this course is the first time where i've really tested that notion of what it means to be outside of my capabilities and also my comfort zone for creation well done Mm. well done congratulations I'm sure you, you still you still tell us a bit more about that, you know. Uh, oh, I'd love to. This interview. Now, I just want you to tell us um, what's the relationship between leadership and emotional intelligence. Oh, it's such a strong relationship. So, look, let's just back up a second. You know, like emotional intelligence is something we all have. Hmm. It's not a case of. You know, you do have it, you don't have it. Every single person has emotional intelligence. Okay. It's, a, it's a case of how much or how little you utilise, you use your emotional intelligence, and that's going to measure or determine your success in what you're achieving. Yeah. And the other important thing to understand about emotional intelligence is that it's contextual. Okay. How you utilise your emotional intelligence is going to change given the situation, how you are at work and how you utilize your emotions at work is going to differ to how you do it at home versus the supermarket versus driving down the road and some nuff nuff cuts you off. You know, it's going to bring out a different part of you. And a lot of people misinterpret that and and to think that, you know, people who don't utilize 
their emotional intelligence skills have no emotional intelligence as a broad sweeping statement this person has no eq well that's wrong it's simply that they don't know how to utilize certain attributes of their emotional intelligence to be successful in that and they may not have and it's highly likely they don't have self-awareness you know so they don't know what they don't know and more often than not, we don't intentionally set out to do the wrong thing. Okay. You know, or to, unless you're a true sociopath, you don't set out to upset somebody. Yeah. You know, um, so I think I've just forgotten your original question, but essentially. Yeah, we, what I'm just saying is that what's the relationship between leadership and emotional intelligence? And I think you, you got it spot on, you know. Um, well, yeah, I mean. To answer that question more more clearly, when you're leading other people, you're first and foremost leading yourself. Yeah. You know, it's your ability to perceive yourself in any given situation, but assess and manage your emotions in order to get the best outcomes given the context. And whether that's through your degree of self-awareness or how you express yourself your interpersonal relationships, Mm. even to how flexible you are with changing your mind. How do you tolerate stress? Mm. All of these different things come into what it means to be emotionally intelligent. That's right. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I just want to find out, um, you know, self-awareness, self-regulation, can you speak to that? Sorry, say that again. I'm, I'm self-awareness, it. self-awareness. Yeah. And self-regulation. Yeah, I mean, I know those are some of the uh, components of emotional intelligence. I know there are two more. Can you speak to self-awareness as a so leader? So self-awareness is how you perceive yourself. Okay. You know, as so a... how highly, how highly do you regard yourself? Okay. You know, how... Okay. I love that that's not me this time. <laughs> no, no, that's me. It's my phone. Yeah. Um, I actually remember to put my phone on silent for once. Yeah. So it's your self-regard. How do you feel about yourself? Okay. You know, it's it's how aware are you of your emotions? Can you name them? Okay. Do you know what you're feeling uh, in any given moment, positive or negative? Okay. Can you identify? Can you describe those feelings? That's self-awareness. Okay. Are you... Do you have that lens by which you understand the way you're being received by other people? Because there's perception, that which we perceive of ourselves, but there's also the way we're received, and it may not be the same thing. All right. You know, so, and that's where reception comes in. Hmm. You know, how are we received? Hmm. We, We know that our actions are our responsibility. But what we don't often realize is that our reactions to other people's actions are also our responsibility. It's not, if somebody says to you, oh, you made me feel this way. Yeah. Actually, no, I can't make you feel a particular way. I can do things and I can cause a reaction and that's my responsibility. I've I've got to take responsibility for that cause and effect Hmm. but as the recipient of that behavior you have a responsibility too because Hmm. your reactions are within your control you don't have to 
necessarily respond in a negative way if I've done something to you. Yeah. That's not that's not positive. You know, just as if somebody's been kind to you, you don't have to be reacting or responding in a way that's receiving that in a good way. Mm. Mm. But we don't take responsibility for this. We don't own our reactions. Well, we don't well. say, okay, and that's a really, really core cool part of being a leader is owning your shit. Excuse mm. the language, but it's <laughs> really what it is. Yeah. You know, we were talking about authenticity before we came on air, and yeah. and that's definitely a core part of being a, a good, strong leader is that you have that ability to own your stuff, mm. to be willing to apologize if an apology is required. And often we don't we don't see that as part of emotional intelligence, awesome. but it certainly is. Mm. Mm. Awesome. If you just joined us, speaking with Carol Margaret from Melbourne, Australia, Leadership Talk with Adi Goke, and this is the 61st episode, and we're looking at leadership and emotional intelligence, leadership and emotional intelligence. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Well done, Carol. So um, I just want to... Now, initially I said, uh, talk to us about self-awareness and self-regulation, but we're still going to drill down a bit. Now, uh, what, what's the consequence of a leader uh, not having emotional intelligence as a tool? Well, apart from the physical yeah. consequences, that is greater stress and yeah. an inability to handle life's challenges in the workplace you're going to have a far higher turnover okay you're going to have ineffective communication okay you're going to have a lot more you low profitability for starters okay. because okay. it's going to affect everything across the board hmm. you know we know that emotionally intelligent leaders are far more successful in an organization than those that have high IQs because they're able to feel their way into problems and they're able okay. to use, I mean, decision-making is a core part of emotional intelligence, you know, how you okay. solve problems, certainly how flexible you are and, and how you test reality, how real or objective are you with the problems that are coming to you. Mm. Now, the consequences of that, think of the, the, the lack of innovation mm. because if you lack flexibility skills, okay. you might be uh, <clears throat> you might be stonewalling really great ideas from your team unknowingly. Right. Absolutely. You know, you might come in and say, "Oh, let me, your team might go, hey, what about this?'" And you'll be like, "No, that doesn't really work." But rather mm. than explain it, rather than talk to it, mm. yeah, and it doesn't work. So your team eventually learns because it's all behavior. Absolutely. Okay, this leader, I can't approach them. Mm. I can't bring my ideas. They're not open-minded. Mm. So I'm not going to bother. And eventually they get tired of not being heard. They're not get tired of not being understood and they go and find themselves another job. Mm. Why? Because as a manager, as a leader, you didn't take the time to hear your team. Share insights, wow. provide coaching. Mm -hmm. You certainly weren't authentic. 
Mm. You weren't approachable. All of these things, you know, there's, to give you an example, one of my previous employments years ago was working um, with people in the technology industry. And it was challenging for me to convey or communicate because they were speaking a completely different language in terms of how they worked, but they also were very analytical, very logical. And in two instances, there was lower utilization or less understanding of their emotional intelligence. And so they weren't communicating effectively. And as their leader, as their manager, and certainly as the project manager on these particular jobs, I couldn't get cut through. And I had to find another way to talk, find another way to relate and build rapport in order to get the projects completed. Because I needed to... I needed to learn how to speak tech. Wow. And that's that's part of your communication. That's part of your interpersonal relationship skills and what you need to do to build up working with different types of personalities. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't expect them to change. I'm mm. the one that has to work in with the way they are. Because if they're not being coached to improve, I don't have permission to seek a different form of communication from them. Mm. I just have to change myself to work with them to adapt yeah yeah and these are the consequences if you don't know that if you don't know you have to change you and to adapt to their style mm. well you're going to hear wall after wall after wall and for what reason for straight yeah oh yeah yeah so part of having a high utilization of emotional intelligence is knowing how to adapt yourself to another person's style in order for you to be able to persuade and influence mm. and get the result you need from that person that's awesome. a core part of leadership. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. A lot of powerful nuggets. I didn't want you not to get me started. This is so good. Now, um, Before we go to the next question, can I just uh, add something? Okay. Before we go yeah. to the next question, let me add something here, right? So okay. within emotional intelligence, there's a couple of different composites or um, subscales of a particular model that I coach in that can also derail your leadership. Okay. Right? So if you don't have high utilisation of impulse control, for example, that is you don't hold back when you lose your at a situation. Anger management. Well, and this is it. Uh, Along with anger management, it's stress tolerance. How do you handle stress and how does that stress affect the team? You know, Mm. we talked before about problem solving, but also independence. Okay. You know, if you as a leader rely on others before you're able to make a decision, Mm. that's going to slow down progress of the organization. Because people are relying on you to have the independence to make an informed decision. Now, that doesn't mean you don't go to other people for their opinion. Yeah but it doesn't stop you from making a decision because you rely on somebody to reassure you that you're making the right choice. Wow. So all of these derailers can prevent you from being an effective leader. Wow. Wow. Sorry. I just wanted to add that because it was kind of really important wow. to understand that these that's, are core that... parts that you can work on and you can improve. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well done. Well done. Well done. Now, uh, what are the strategies you can, you know, deploy when it comes to 
uh, emotional intelligence as a leader? Well, first and yeah, first and foremost, just three things that you think you know. Uh, look in the mirror. Look yeah. first at yourself and how you can improve yourself. Look in the mirror. Number okay. one. Yeah, number one. Um, if there's a problem, it's it's usually looking square at you. <laughs> um, focus on your relationships. All right. You know, focus on how you connect with people, the rapport you build with people, the relationships. Okay. okay. And. Understand your the way in which you manage challenges okay. and right. stress, All right. because that will largely also influence how you lead. Right, right, right. Amazing. That's good. So look in the mirror, focus on relationships, and stress management skills is very important. Wow. Yes, because underlying all of that is how you communicate. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Effective communication makes or breaks a leader. That's right. That's right. There's a model uh, that I'm licensed to teach on the John Maxwell uh, platform. Uh, being a John Maxwell certified coach, uh, it's called "Everyone Communicates, Few Connect." You know. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's not all the time you're communicating, you know, even to your children. You know. <laughs> You're not connected. Sometimes, so. especially not with my child, my son. <laughs> I mean, give give the kid a break. He's five, but he's yeah. very astute and he knows how to pull me up. Um, talk can, about I accountability. Can, <laughs> I can imagine you pour yourself so out so much. You know, <laughs> it's giving you a run for your money. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Children always do, though. You know, like yeah. that's that's their job. And sometimes they, they really want to push you and and check where your threshold, you know, really uh, <laughs> evaporates. <laughs> Do you know, to be fair, I've become a better person as a result of becoming a mother. Because no, talking no about that you mirror. No yeah. Oh, kids know how to turn that mirror on you. And yeah. you see yourself in a new light. You yeah. know, my... Um, I think that in many ways, he, I don't know if this sounds odd, but he is my mentor because wow. he he just purely by the nature of who he is and my yes, husband sir. as well, you know, they just teach me so much. But I think also because I've given them permission yeah, to yeah. teach me, you know, yeah. and... You know, I guess that's a part of your self-development and your self-improvement is that you need to give permission to people to call you out. Yeah, that's right. And tell you some really hard truths. And anybody who's really close to me has that permission. Yeah. You don't get close to me unless you know how to tell me stuff mm. that's really hard for me to hear. That's so good. That's so <laughs> but very good, good for me. <laughs> so good. Well done, well done, well done, Karen. Um, so, I've got a few more questions. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, if you just joined us, this is Leadership Talk with Adigo K, the 64th, 61st uh, episode. And we're looking at leadership and emotional intelligence. I have with me, Karen, Karen Margaret from Melbourne, Australia. Now, Karen, uh, uh, could you just tell us, uh, how easy is it for you to um, 
um, infuse emotional intelligence into the culture of an organization? I'm not sure I understand your question. Okay. Emotional intelligence. How can you, how can you infuse it, you know, into the culture of an organization? Do you mean in terms of training and development? Yeah, in terms or... of yeah, in, in terms of yeah, in terms of being part of the the norms in an organization. In order for a company to truly understand the degree by which their emotionally intelligence uh, plays a role in their culture, yeah, which is I think what you're asking. It, we need to remember. We need to remember that the fish rots from the head. Mm. And if your leadership and management of your organisation are not focused on, first and foremost, improving themselves right. and improving their relationships and improving how they manage stress, then it doesn't matter what happens in the rest of the organisation. The culture will eventually just burn out and be one of a place where people just don't want to work anymore. Wow. Now... What I, I won't work with an organization. I won't come into an entry level sort of part of a company unless I know the management is on board with okay. improving the company, not just a particular department or team. Awesome. Now for me, and I mean, every EQ coach or every coach has their own programs, their own style, their own approach. For me, I like to run an assessment and get a couple of different types of reports to better understand the individual level of emotional intelligence. So what are individuals in the organization bringing to the table? Okay. And that might be just an individual report. If it's just a team member, if you're in a management role or a supervisory role, it usually involves some sort of three to 360 degree feedback where you're getting feedback from your manager, your peers who are of the equal level, as well as the people that report to you. And then as we go up, we want to look at, okay, well, what is your leadership capability? Okay. And again, at a 360, that's really great. But the most powerful report is when you're able to do a group report. And you can do this on multiple levels. So depending on the size of the organisation or the departments, if you, you can do a group report with just one small team and their manager and then you get the assessment of the yeah. entire group to understand the collective emotional intelligence. When you know and understand the collective emotional intelligence, then you can work on improving the overall awesome. culture. Awesome. You know, And that's incredibly powerful because it gives an informed, measured way of understanding what everyone's bringing to the table. Mm. strengths and their areas of improvement. And then we go into different types of training programs that are specific to what that individual and or what that group requires. Now, I like to work with leaders at the top of the organisation one-on-one, right? Because, again, back to that, that fish rots from the head, they've really got to hone in and focus on what they've got to improve so it distills down the levels of the organisation. It's not necessarily as required at a team member level unless they're on mm. a career progression through to some sort of management or leadership role. Mm. 
and it's important to their professional development that they improve themselves you know going back to that technology analogy yeah. you know one of the one of the team members was on the path to a management role a key leadership role in this organization and i was just okay. like it's not going to happen mm. either i'll leave or they'll leave and wow. obviously i'm here because i left because i just knew that it wasn't going to be the type of organization that like to work. would have the, the leadership that I would need, you know, and that would be important to the style that I like to work when I run a company. And for me, it was a career succession into leading an organization, yet I could see that the key players weren't willing. They didn't have the internal or the external motivation Mm. to improve, you know. So training and development in an organization is only effective if the management are in fully in and they understand it's a long-term engagement and secondly that the individual team members actually want to improve yeah actually want to be better human beings and be better team players and get better results and they are in the business for the success of the business wow no if they're if they're not it doesn't matter what training i provide it doesn't matter what coaching i provide they're not going to do the work on themselves Mm. so it's a waste of time and wow. it's really important that throughout that entire process, individuals understand they have to buy in. If you don't buy into your professional development, you're wasting everybody's time and money. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carol. This is, this is, deep. <laughs> this is deep stuff. Now, just two more questions. Um, now, you have a new course on Udemy. On emotional intelligence, yes. can, you, can you just say? I do. Yeah. Practical emotional intelligence is what it's called, and okay. I'm very, very proud of it. It's my very first online course. Well done. I yeah, <laughs> it's been a mission. Um, one of my one of my dearest friends went. I can't believe you did this, and you're in your third trimester of your pregnancy. Yeah. And I'm like, look, if I didn't do it. Um, now I don't think I would have been able to once the baby was here. So it's actually kept me sane um, and kept my ma- my brain energised during the most recent horrifically long lockdown here in Melbourne. So, yeah, it's kept me sane. Now the course itself is for beginners, but it's for professionals as well in that okay. I've designed it so that you are able to understand all of those key components of emotional intelligence that I've spoken to. So I'm accredited in a model called EQI 2.0. And what I've done is I've deconstructed it. So I've provided, yeah, so I've provided not only the scales of emotional intelligence that it's assessing and the subscales. So I've broken all of those down. There's five scales and 15 subscales, but I've also provided an understanding of, well, why do we have to improve ourselves and why do we have to improve ourselves now? You know, and then I've looked at, well, what are the relationships between emotional intelligence and work performance, training and development? leadership, the things that we've talked to today, well-being and resiliency. Hmm. And I go into detail with those, but I also provide reflection exercises for almost every single lesson, as well as 
a quiz and with each of the scales, I provide um, an example debrief of a live report. So, you know, I mean, it's just called Jack Doe, but this person, I've taken their report, a 360 report, and I've provided my example of how I would approach debriefing this particular person. And that ideally gives the students an opportunity to understand, well, what would she be looking for as a coach when she first sees my report? And a debrief is essential when you receive a report like this because it is very, very robust. It has a lot of information and it can be very easily misinterpreted. And that's why it's essential that someone who's accredited with emotional intelligence in that particular model delivers or helps you understand your results. Because on the surface, this particular person's report looks really great. But then when you start unpacking the different scales and subscales, questions start to arise. Mm. You know, and in a 360 review environment, sorry, report, you get to understand your blind spots Mm. and you get to see where your allied strengths are and where there are opportunities that are reinforced. The importance of that is when you, when you assess yourself, we have a tendency to potentially bias our answers by saying a more positive result than's actual, Okay. you know, but in a 360 assessment, because we're being assessed by the people who report to us, our manager and our peers, and sometimes other people, if we want to have exterior people we don't work with anymore, help us, whatever it is. But it's 10 or more people who are assessing yeah. our emotional intelligence. Yeah. yeah. And what that means is that, well, they're going to say something different. Hmm. They, You might think you've got phenomenal flexibility skills and yeah. that you can change your mind all the time and that you are open-minded to whatever anybody says. Yeah. And yet your team members go, yeah, no, nah, that's not my experience of them. Your manager agrees with you. Your peers agree with you because they're on your level or above. So mm. you know, as, an, as a leader, what to show them. Wow. But your team who experience you every single day go, yeah, no. Nah, awesome, awesome. That's not a true picture. Awesome, awesome. Wow, wow. This is a <laughs> journey. Awesome. I did warn you that I can talk. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, that's you, 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 you're doing so well. I mean, uh, you add in so much value um, on leadership topic. I, I hope so. I just have um, a two-in-one question um, as we close, which is the first part is, do you have mentors? And secondly, um, how can our listeners reach, reach, reach you? I absolutely have mentors. Like I said before, my my husband, my son, my very, very close friends. And I consider a mentor, excuse me. Yeah. Pregnancy. Um, (laughs) Oh, this baby's teaching me a lot. I look at mentorship perhaps a little bit different to most people because I, I guess I'm not in career succession in that I'm climbing up a ladder. I've been running my business now for several years. So when I look for mentorship, I'm looking for people who have walked the path in business before me 
and I want to learn from them. But also in behavioural sciences, like like Elizabeth Gilbert and her book Big Magic, Brene Brown and everything she does, like just everything she does. Um, if I could fangirl hardcore, don't ever let me meet her. Oh, my God, I wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm definitely... And, I mean, you mentioned before John Maxwell. I'm a huge fan of his work. His podcasts are incredible. And I love the way, what I love about the the Leisure podcast that he has is that it's actually his CEO that goes through and then dissects what he says and makes it relevant for the organisation. And I guess that that's what I, coming to your second question, where people can find me, what I, I mean, obviously I'm on LinkedIn. And I have my own website, caronmarguerite.com. Okay. Um, but I'm also on Clubhouse, which oh. is an audio-only social media app. And I've got a club on there called EQ in Action. And okay. what I'm slowly building there is an audience who appreciate literally that, kind of taking what we've said today and putting it into action. And involved in that is interviews, it's conversations about the elements of emotional intelligence, but it's also an opportunity to get coaching from me in a live environment. So you're putting me on the spot, but it's brilliant because the the last two rooms that I've hosted, the last two conversations, the first conversation, both are now available on replay. Wow. But the first one was on unconscious bias. Yeah, with an I incredible really woman that. named yeah. Bron Williams. Yeah, yeah she's ah, she's insane. Yeah. And then the second one was with Glenda Chi. Okay. And it was all about creativity. And yet the coaching that came at the end was sometimes completely off topic from creativity. And yet it gave the um it gave the recipient incredible value to experience wow. what it would be like to be coached. by me wow you know and i love that kind of engagement so clubhouse clubhouse linkedin and my website three main ways i don't play on any other social media app i don't i can't do it it's too much well done well done Um, and of course there's my udemy so if anybody wants to um do the course just a little plug here hit my profile up on linkedin because there's a promo code there on um my recent my most recent post so I think it's 25% off the wow. uh, the cost of the course. And I, I hope that people get a lot of value from the investment in their wow. professional development. Wow, that's very kind of you, Karen. So you've heard it from a lady who is massively adding value all over the world. A sister from another mother, Karen Margaret. <laughs> uh, she's showing up on Leadership Talk with Adegoke. We're so glad to have you. Uh, your profile is massive, very deep, and it shows from the uh, the depths of this conversation that you really uh, not just had value, but good value. I just want to encourage you to do more and uh, continue to do what you're doing. Uh, I just see a very bright future for you uh, in this space, but uh, like emotional intelligence. And I'm so proud to have you on Leadership Talk with Adegoki. So, ladies and thank gentlemen, thank you so thank, much. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And if you're watching the replay, please feel free to reach out to my friend, Karen Margaret, Melbourne, Australia. 
she's adding value there and she's also a global player. Thank you so much. Yeah, for real. I mean, I want to start just as a side note because I know, yeah. you know, Nigeria is a home country to you. Yeah. I want to start working a lot more with Nigerian organizations because ultimately that's where my my family and I will relocate. So wow. Wow. I really want to be able to help my my fellow Nigerians um, to to improve their organization. So if you are based in Lagos in Nigeria, please hit me up because I would love to be able to help you with your team, help you, you with so you. Wow, awesome. That's that's the kindest lady in the world. Thank you so much, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so thank Bless. you, everyone, and have a beautiful day. Thank you.